Boom blast. And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up Fall on Blast Raptors postgame show. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and I'm here with you on a Friday night if the Raptors get blown out in Orlando. 116 to 87. Toronto Raptors lose. Probably, I mean, it's up there for being one of their worst games of the year, right? I mean, when all things considered, the fact that the Toronto Raptors, you're playing against a team in terms of the Orlando Magic, it was struggling, right? Orlando wasn't doing well so far this season. Orlando was on a losing streak heading into this game. I want to say, what, a four-game losing streak? And the Raptors come into this game high off of a, a good win in Miami, but they just didn't have it. They just didn't have it tonight. Raptors lose 116 to 87. And this was one of those games where, you know, it started off well, right? Still no Kyle Lowry. Norman Powell, condolences to him as he and his family go through a tough time. Condolences, Norman Powell. Hopefully, you know, uh, thoughts and prayers from all of Raptors Nation to Norman Powell and his family as he's away from the team. But as we know as well, JV still hurt and Kyle Lowry still out of the lineup. So Toronto Raptors throwing out there against the Orlando Magic. The Raptors using their 13th different starting lineup this season. And it's also the third most starting lineups used so far in the NBA. But you know what? There's no excuses. It's Orlando Magic. Orlando's not good. Orlando's a team that you should be able to beat if you're the Toronto Raptors. And if you're even marginally healthy, you should be able to take down the Orlando Magic. The Raptors, though, didn't have it. They weren't shooting the ball well. They started off well, which sounds kind of messed up. They were hot early. They were up 10 early. Four assists on their first five field goals. Raps were looking good. Kawhi was cooking. There's that crazy play where Kawhi hit, I think it was Jonathan Simmons with that crazy killer crossover step back Jimmy it looked good looked really good early as I again Raptors were up 10 pretty early and then yeah <laughs> the second quarter came along and a third quarter came along second and third quarters the Raptors shot a combined 20 percent from the floor again Toronto Raptors shot a combined 20 percent from the floor in the second and third quarters you're going to lose a lot of games if that happens. And they definitely lost this game. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about it because there's not much to break down. There's not much to take away from this game. It was just a bad loss. And those happen sometimes. And if you're the Toronto Raptors, you can look up and say that you've had the third most starting lineups used in the regular season. And when they showed the board, the other teams on the board were all like bottom basement teams in the NBA. The Raptors still are at, what, 26-11 and 11 for tops in the Eastern Conference, you got to take that, right? It's okay. You have those games, bad shooting night. It's all right. You know, the offense was looking great early. Freddie was cooking early. Freddie was, was playing well. And then things moving forward to pay attention to, is this Fred Van Fleet injury going to be something that's long-term? Is it going to be something that's nagging for a little longer, right? Because he drove hard to the basket, took a hard hit, Landed pretty awkwardly, and he had to leave the game. Came back and played, but then subbed out, and he saw he had his, his shoulder wrapped. And the, the reason or the cause for concern there is because it's the same shoulder that Freddie injured last year at the end of the year, which caused him to miss some games. He never really got back to 100% in the playoffs, but 
hopefully Freddie's going to be all right. The tough part there is that Freddie was playing so well, right? This became his seventh game in a row where he had double-digit scoring numbers. And it's, it's at a key time, right, where the Raptors really need it as Kyle Lowry's back continues to be a nagging injury, and so they need Fred Van Fleet. And Freddie stepped up to the challenge. He's been averaging 12 points per game and is now, again, as mentioned, seven straight double-digit outings that he's put up. And he looked really good. After he got knocked down, that was just in the midst of the Raptors slide that they had in that second and third quarter because it just was it was terrible. It wasn't a good look. And I'll sum this game up this way, okay? All you need to know about this game is that your boy Terrence Ross, your boy Terrence Ross, Raptors fans definitely remember Mr. T. Ross, right? How could you forget Terrence Ross? Your man's Terrence Ross happened to outscore. Terrence Ross had 14 points in this game. Terrence Ross outscored everybody on the Raptors not named Kawhi or Serge. That's all you need to know about this game. Terrence Ross outscored everyone on the Raptors not named Kawhi or Serge. I mean, there's some ugly shooting lines on the Raptors. Pascal was one of eight. Danny Green, one of six. Freddie, three of 12. CJ Miles. And this could have been a nice game for CJ, you know? Like, maybe you're thinking, Norm's look good so far. Norm's not there. Here you go, CJ. Is this going to be something that motivates you, right? Because unless you challenge Norm, you're not getting minutes. Well, CJ Miles shot one of nine in this game. He was 0 of 5. Not blaming CJ Miles for this game. I'm just highlighting it as something that didn't go well for the Raptors. Lorenzo Brown, 0 for 4. Greg Monroe, 0 for 4. It was a bad night for the Toronto Raptors all across the board. Even Kawhi Leonard's 21 points. His 7 of 19 shooting is not Kawhi-like, right? Those aren't the shooting numbers that we're used to seeing from Kawhi Leonard. He gutted out a 21-point performance because he's just that good, right? I think there's also a stat they mentioned during the broadcast in terms of uh, it's a record or a career high for Kawhi in terms of consecutive games with at least 20-plus points. So... Kawhi's just playing that well this year that he's going to get to 20 points. It was ugly tonight, but he got there. The rest of the Raptors did not do the job. As a team, the Raptors shot a season low, 29.5% as a team. From the floor, your Toronto Raptors shot 29.5% from the floor. You're just going to lose games when that happens. Again, we're not going to spend that much time on that. Thanks for joining me. My name is Sheldon Alexander. I'll take your questions and comments and concern. Because again, it's, it's 9.30 on a Friday night, you know? It's still early. As Raptors fans, I feel like this is a place where we can all congregate and we can discuss and, you know, let out the pain of this terrible Raptors loss, move on, and it's still early. It's like it'll be about 10 o'clock when we're done. You can still head out. <laughs> Call up the boys, get some drinks, and you know, enjoy Friday night. But for now, let's try to let's try to heal and discuss this Raptors loss. First comment I see here from Instagram. Again, you want to send some comments in on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, you know this show is live on Twitter. Each and every Raptors game at Shell Alexander. First comment here on Instagram says, CJ, big joke, you already know. <laughs> CJ Miles is becoming the whipping boy, but you can't blame CJ Miles, man. I mean, everyone shot poorly. Serge was 8 of 16 and an ugly 8 of 16, but 
everyone else, Serge was 8 of 16, Kawhi was 7 of 19. Everyone else was terrible. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Chris Boucher checked into the game late and was wedding threes. <laughs> three for three from three-point land. If, if So, you know, if you're going to take some bright spot from this, Chris Boucher, he's, he's there. He's ready. And, you know, maybe we'll dive into this, this talking point here a little. You know, Chris Boucher, um, we wondered how the, the Raptors would deal with covering up for JV's minutes, right? We know JV's out for a while. And there's been a lot of talk about just how different the team is without Jonas Valanciunas. And I know this sounds weird, right? Because if you're ranking in terms of importance or in terms of who are the best Raptors players, you're gonna there's a lot of names that'll come before JV, right? But I want to say this. Jonas Valanciunas' value to this team isn't necessarily about Jonas Valanciunas. It's more about where he slots in to the rotation and how that affects everyone else. What do I mean by that? I'll explain, okay? So normally we saw last game, Hassan Whiteside goes to work. Hassan Whiteside was balling. Can't be stopped. Greg Monroe had to give some solid minutes just to slow up Whiteside a little, right? Serge didn't play that well last game, played a bit better this game, but... The reality is, when you add in Jonas Valanciunas to that mix, Serge Ibaka doesn't have to play as many minutes because he's playing JV, right? They're going in and out. But that also means that you have two legitimate big guys going at the opposing team's big guy, right? And now that guy's not going to be able to put up numbers. We mentioned what the damage that Hassan Whiteside did in the last game, right? Whiteside went to work against the Toronto Raptors with no JV. You look at this game, Nikola Vucevic, 30 points, 20 rebounds, 8 assists on 12 of 17 shooting. This is where you realize the importance of JV. And again, it's not so much about Jonas Valanciunas himself as a player, like he's going to stop Vucevic or he was going to stop Hassan Whiteside. It's just how he fits into the rotation and then what that does to the opposing team's big guy. What that means is you have another skilled big guy on the floor that Vucevic has to worry about. There's no rest. Normally, when you're thinking of how the NBA rolls, starters, when, when the other team goes to the bench and you're a big guy and you look at the, the secondary big coming in, you're kind of looking like, okay, it's my time to cook. That wasn't really happening with the Raptors. In fact, if you've been following this podcast from the beginning, one of the themes that we talked about early and often was we were combining the output from the Raptors' st two centers, being JV and Surge, and we were calculating the numbers that those guys were putting up night in and night out as one of the biggest factors in the Raptors' early season success. When you remove one of those guys out of the equation, we need to get that production from somewhere else, right? So if Surge is going to go for 17-8, and eight, I mean, you probably want Surge to not shoot as many shots, but again... No Lowry, no JV, someone has to pick up the slack, right? But now you're not getting the same production off your bench bigs as you were when JV was around, right? Greg Monroe, zero points tonight, five rebounds, 0 for 4. And it's just a difference. I don't think yet Nick Nurse has figured out how to fully distribute those minutes yet. Are you going to use Moose? Are you going to use Chris Boucher? Are you going to slide Pascal to the five? I would even argue that they've tried to play Pascal at the five, and it hasn't really worked that well. And it's worth the experiment. 
I love, I'm down for the experiment. I thought it was, a, it, you, it's something you got to really look at, right? And I'm looking at this board right now on the TV and it says uh, the Toronto Raptors in their first 27 games, 21 and six, their last 10, they're five and five. Now, Raptors have been without Kyle Lowry or Kawhi Leonard in every one of those last 10 games, right? Are people panicked over these last 10 games? I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not really worried about that. Are, are you guys worried about the Raptors over the last 10 games? Because, again, I've always been about the process and the big picture and the fact that you're juggling around your lineup, you're dealing with all these massive injuries, and to be 5-5 five and five over a 10-game span, eh, it's not that big of a deal. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Not panicking at all. It's just a bad loss. And you you know as well that the Raptors, you have bigger expectations. It's not about winning 60 games. It's not about winning whatever. Like the, the playoffs are your aspirations. So however you need to get through the regular season is how you're going to get through the regular season. Nick Nurse has options, right? This is going to be an interesting next couple of games where JV's still out. And are you going to get effort from are you going to get production from Moose? Are you going to just play surge extended minutes? You probably don't want to do that, right? Because the thing is, over this last 10 games, it wasn't just Kyle out. You got to remember, there are games where it was Kyle was out. Uh, Freddie was out. Siakam was out. Ibaka was out. Like, there are a lot of injuries over the last 10 games. So, in big picture, when you just look at numbers, and it says they're 5-5 five and five over their last 10, that might seem like it's pretty bad. But I would argue the other way and say five and five dealing with all those injuries, that's pretty good, right? I'm not panicking, not panicked at all. Raptors will be fine. They're too good. This is why they have depth, right? You're going to have nights like this where you don't shoot well, and it's okay. If anything, I feel like they've had nights like this before, but they were able to salvage a victory or at least make it close. This game, they just got blown out, right? Another comment here, uh, too bad Moose isn't better. I was rooting for him but the guy can't make layups. Um, Moose struggled. He struggled in this game, and I don't know if it's a fact, a matter of he can't make layups. I just think it's, it's a continuity thing. The Raptors starters, you know, I feel like Kawhi's fitting in a bit better now with uh, Freddie. They're learning how to play together a bit better. But now you're moving around a bunch of different pieces. Can Siakam play the five? I don't really think so. It hasn't worked, or at least the matchup hasn't really been there yet for him. He struggled in this game a lot. One, one of eight for Siakam. He took a hard fall as well, but it was good to see him just remain back in the game. But four points, four rebounds from Pascal. An off night at one of eight. But the thing to remember, too, the scouting report's going to be out on Siakam, right? And now it's going to be on him to adjust and him to make the next move because this is going to be a big look for Pascal. As all the eyes are out, he's on the scouting report. People are talking about most improved player. People are talking about, can he make the all-star game? There's a lot of different things there for Pascal Siakam. And so can he continue to develop as the scouting report gets out there? It'll be very interesting to see. But again, no worries, people. No worries at all. It's all right. Raptors will be okay. Kyle Lowry, you want him to deal with whatever he's going through, you want him to continue to work through that and get the rest that he needs because it's very important. I highlighted a tweet. There's a tweet I saw earlier, and I'm going to try to find it now from 
a guy I big up a lot on this podcast, Josh Lewenberg, who I think is one of the better uh, Raptors beat guys uh, that cover this team. And he put up something the other day, or maybe it was earlier today, and it was in regards to just Kyle Lowry missing all these games and how uh, the effect that it has, right? Like when you when you put it into a historical factor, let's just say, right? And when you look at certain things, Kyle Lowry, we know if you paid attention, Kyle Lowry has dealt with injuries for what? Year in, year out for the past how many years, right? Where he starts off pretty well, but then tails off down the stretch, and then the playoffs become a huge battle for Kyle Lowry. Can he make it back? Can he, you know, be the same guy that is the all-star point guard for the Toronto Raptors, right? So, this is from Josh Lewenberg, right? So, in 2014-2015, Kyle Lowry ranked 10th in the NBA in minutes pre-all-star game. He had a late-season back injury, then shot 32%, and then 22% from three in the playoffs, okay? In 2015-2016, He was fourth in NBA minutes pre-All-Star game, then had an elbow injury, then shot 40%, and then 40% from the floor, 30% from three in the playoffs. 2016-2017, Kyle Lowry was third in pre-All-Star minutes, then had a wrist injury, shot 46% from the floor, and then 34% in the playoffs. Okay, notice the trend there? Kyle Lowry in all of those things were very high up in the NBA in terms of minutes played pre-All-Star game and then dealt with injuries and then ended up shooting in the 30s and 30% in the playoffs. That's not a good look, right? Now, look at the start of this season. He's 48th in minutes so far. Sorry, that was last year. Last year, he was 48th in minutes. Healthy season, he was 51% and then 51 and 43 respectively in terms of shooting from the floor and shooting from three in the playoffs last year. So what that tells me is that over the last four years, the first three years, high minutes, broke down late, had a rough playoffs. Last season, eased back on his minutes, had a healthy season, shot well in the playoffs. So what would be the goal this year? I would say you follow suit and you rest Kyle Lowry. If things are nagging him, make sure that he's okay. Give him the time to come back. This year, though, Kyle Lowry is ranking eighth in minutes going into December. Played all 23 games, but he's missed six games so far during this during this month. Right? So I would argue that it's been a good luck to give him a bit of a break because especially in December, heavy minutes, heavy workload, he was carrying the team, leading the offense, especially those heavy workload games where Kawhi was out of the lineup as well. I'm okay with Kyle Lowry getting some rest. I know some other people might kind of be worried about what's going on, but I I would I would say don't worry about it. Everything's all right. Let's take some comments here from Twitter. Uh, someone says, "How does health How does health insurance work if you're a Toronto Raptor?" someone else says injury prone team i mean it's the nba and injuries happen to every team right if you go through every team's roster when you play a different game they're all dealing with injuries too now with the raptors are the raptors probably near the top well we mentioned the different starting lineups that they've used this year so they've done a really good job but again it's one of the strengths of your organization is your organizational depth They're figuring it out. 
They're okay. Again, they've played their last 10 games without either Kawhi or Kawhi or Kyle Lowry, and they still managed to go five and five in those games. And I'm only mentioning games without Kawhi or Kyle Lowry. Remember, there were games where Freddie wasn't there. There were games where Serge wasn't there. JV all those games. Norm's just come back. Like, there's been so many pieces moving in and moving out. No reason to worry. Uh, another comment here says, CJ Miles can't play anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty much there. Uh, just one of those off nights every team goes through. I totally agree. And someone else also saying that, no, they are not worried. That is my overall message, Raptors fans. It's okay. It's just a bad game. It happens. Happens to everyone. No big deal. Kawhi even struggled. Kawhi was hot early, and then I'm pretty sure at one point he was like 3 of 12 since the first quarter. So just wasn't a good look for the Raptors. It would it was lights out from the second to third. That's where the Raptors lost that game. Not many teams are going to be able to survive shooting 20% from the floor in the second and third quarter. That's where the L comes in for the Toronto Raptors as they fall to the Orlando Magic 116 to 87. Raptors wrap up their three-game road trip with a one and two record as they host the Chicago Bulls in Toronto on Sunday. Great time to play the Chicago Bulls, no? <laughs> Anyways, as always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and I want to really thank you guys if you watch this show live after the game on Twitter at Shell Alexander or sent in comments on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. I, I want to shout you guys out because you guys are diehard Raptors fans. If you are here on a Friday night talking with me about the Toronto Raptors after they get blown out by the Orlando Magic, you are a diehard Raptor fan, and I applaud you for being here with your team, ride or die. But don't worry, everything's going to be all right. Just when you need a win, here come the Chicago Bulls. Hopefully the Raptors can get back on the winning track on Sunday. And we will be here as well to discuss it on the Wrap It Up podcast. As I mentioned, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And if you don't catch this live, you can always catch it, the podcast version, which ends up on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube. Just search Wrap It Up or On Blast Podcast, and you will find all of the whole grain goodness that this podcast has to offer. But I do want to give a special shout out to you guys, of course, because we wouldn't be doing this without you guys and without you guys helping me out with the conversation and sending in your comments and concerns, how you're feeling. I like getting the pulse of what's going on in Raptors Nation, and I like the fact that people aren't overreacting to this loss. Because I feel like in years past, even throughout this season. There are certain points where people are ready to overreact. I'm just glad that after this game, it's not one of those moments. So again, thanks for joining me. And as always, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Oh, blast.